Hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, I do hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast. Ah, today's episode is number 50. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, today we had uh, Mr. Nick Abramley. Uh, he inspires, he's a, well, how can I say? He's an inspiration performance excellence coach. Uh, he basically helps individuals, teams, and businesses uh, help them improve their standards across sales as well as other things as well. He also is a host of his very own podcast, The Impact Session. Uh, Impact Sessions, excuse me, which is a weekly podcast. Uh, we were talking about uh, some of his background, but we we're mostly talking about uh, what the future of sales will be after the lockdown uh, is lifted and see what type of sales world it will be in after that. Uh, it was very insightful. Uh, he is a great chap. And yeah, I found I learned a lot along the way. So please uh, sit back, enjoy the show, and yeah, have a great day. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> okay, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is episode uh, number 50. My God, yes. <laughs> I don't believe how many of these I've done, but nevertheless, uh, today I have um, Nick Branley. Uh, he is an inspiring performance excellence uh, coach, you could say. Uh, he helps individuals, teams, and businesses improve uh, their performance, as well as being a podcast host of the Impact Sessions, uh, which is a weekly podcast. He's here today uh, to hopefully talk about what, how he sees the future of sales and a bit about his background. Uh, yes. How are you today, Nick? How are you? I am absolutely belting, to be honest. It's a Friday. I've had a really great week. Um, it's a quiet day. Just recording this podcast, we use the only absolute commitment I've got for the day. The rest of it's down to me doing bits and things. So you know what? It's a great end to the week. Ah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, well, put it this way. Yeah, don't let your missus hear you say that. I think she'll be like on you, like white on rice. My, well, my, <laughs> miss, my, missus, my missus is a key worker. She's a teaching assistant. So she's busy at school looking after uh, uh, children at the moment. So, um, you know, I, I've got a bit of flexibility working from home. I work hard normally. I've had a really busy three or four weeks. And it's just that kind of nice wind down Friday into mm. the weekend. That's what I'm going to do, Miwa. Ah, perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah, uh, as I was saying in the intro, the reason why I basically uh, got in contact with you is to talk about uh, what, how you see the future of sales with mm. like, basically lockdown world and after lockdown world. Um, yeah, because I work in sales, I have an idea, but, you know, I'm not... I'm a salesperson, but not, yeah. I would say, an expert, as they say. <laughs> okay. Well, I was doing a piece of work before COVID and before lockdown, mm. and it was called Sales Reimagined. And it's basically a keynote or a webinar or a classroom delivery, as it was at the time, mm. around the fact that sales has changed significantly over the last four or five years and certainly in the last 18 months and all that COVID and lockdown have done have accelerated that change 
So if I want to, if I, if I could just take you back a step before COVID, yeah. to where, where sales reimagined sort of started from. Um, the thing with sales is, in the past, the salesperson had all the knowledge. They had the knowledge of the products, they had the knowledge of the technical uh, 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 wherewithal of their, their, mm. their products and services. And in, in exchange for money, they would share that knowledge and product and whatever with a customer. Um, and over the last number of years, because of the advent of YouTube, um, because of the advent of, of the internet in general, and because you can search for absolutely anything, the knowledge doesn't belong to the salesperson anymore. And, it, and, and, and if somebody wants to look at their options for, let's say you were looking at um, a door entry system for your office because you want it to be, you know, sort of contactless or whatever it might be. Okay. In, the past, in the past, you would ring a company who did door access systems, mm. look at, talk about what can you do, how does it work, all that kind of thing. And the salesperson had all of that information and knowledge. Now, somebody's already had the research, looked at what's available, and they're already further down the decision-making process, and they're looking for a proper match at that stage. Mm. So all the bits in the past where a salesperson would say, I've got all this information, knowledge, I'll exchange it for some money. That's all gone because people are already coming to the table by saying, I've done my research. I've had a look on YouTube for a technical video. I've had a look on Google for your credentials and credibility. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a supplier match based on values. So I'm already further down the, the, the path than it ever was before. And um, there's a lot of salespeople haven't really embraced that over the last four or five years and they still think the old ways if you like of doing it uh, are probably effective and to be fair they're not i think it's now about um where people see you as as uh, there's a few phrases around you know i don't like the phrase added value because it's a bit too, too overused mm -hmm. but thought leader is one that comes across a lot where you are seen as someone either as a business or as a person within that business someone of influence or interest or expertise so what you do is you build up your content you build up your presence you build up your um sphere of influence through things like linkedin other social media channels etc and people see you as someone of relevance someone of of of, of, of value mm -hmm. and they're already when they come and talk to you they're already two-thirds of the way to saying i want to work with you on some level so what you've got to do you've got to build up this tsunami of content if you like that allows people to buy into it look at it and then make their own positive decision for you it's not it's more it's more pull and push than it i mean in, in the old days it was push push selling was we're going to push this out to you mm. pull selling is where someone looks and goes you know what we have already made a decision that we're looking for someone who looks like you. We've, we've watched you for a while. We've seen your content. We value your um, um, kind of presence and your technical knowledge, and we'd like to explore that. So um, just give me one second, Miwa. It's a terrible thing to do, but my family locked my cat in the room with me, and my cat is going to scratch the living daylight out of the car. Out of the car. But two seconds. This is so unprofessional she's made, she's made her way out she's a clever cat she's opened the door let's move the that's fine i bet that's never happened in, that's never happened in your in your podcast uh, life me was it look, look, look all i've got to say yeah ultra smart cats coming into like a room 
to well, like welcome, carpet. Welcome, welcome to the new world order of working from home. Didn't happen in the office, did it? <laughs> oh, no. I put it this way. I've had kids, like, kids in the background. I've had, like, yeah, things, like, go off. I'd, like, yeah, but you're the first cat, I've got to say. There you go. <laughs> It's, she's gone. She's gone now. My son's closed the door. <laughs> Brilliant, loving it. Yeah, <laughs> you were saying, sir. Yeah. So, so the the whole process of you know knowledge is power, which has always been the way of the salesperson, just doesn't really exist anymore. What it is, it's about credibility now, and it's mm. about credentials, and it's about influence. Um, there's a there's a there's a um, a book called Person of Influence. And um, I can't remember the author, which I will dig out and, and, and send you for the, for the file notes if you want to. Okay. Um, and person of, person of Influence says that if you are somebody who is creating content and sharing knowledge, then you will get, as a result of that sharing approach, you will get more inquiries coming to you than you could probably handle. Because what you're doing is you're giving out to the the business community, mm. and that, that is being uh, spread tenfold. I'll give you a live example of that, if you don't mind me. Well, sure. I, um, I've been wanting to write an online sales academy for about two I've got years of content of keynote presentations, um, classroom training, mm. right across the sales cycle, leadership management, business development. If you think of a subject in those areas i've got a classroom training session for that i've had i've been doing what i do for 20 years so you know there's a, there's a body of work yeah but i've never i've never had it available online because i've never had time and oh. i've been thinking myself for years must write this much right when lockdown came first thing i did was i thought right i'm gonna not i'm gonna write it i'm gonna advertise a a, a a online sales academy program eight workshops mm. delivered between the 12th of may and the 31st of may short sharp you know time scale yeah i announced i announced them on the first week of may and then i got i had i've had 700 bookings across those uh, those um, platforms right across the two and a half weeks but I hadn't written most of the stuff before. Because <laughs> uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't commit to something, it doesn't happen, does it? You know. Yeah. So I just I threw the dates, threw the subjects out there, and the thing with that now is I have created a body of work. So I was I was I was delivering them at twelve noon and five p.m. British summer time. So I, I've got some clients in America who were doing the later ones. Yeah. So it was a repeat. So I did I did um, I did eight sessions twice. So I did sixteen sessions. But I was getting 55, 60 people booked on the lunchtime one and about 20 on the evening one. Um, it was some people booking across all eight. So it wasn't, there weren't 600 and odd different people, but there were yeah. lots of bookings. Now that's a body of work I put out there free of charge. So some people would say, why would you give away all of that knowledge and all that information free of charge? Mm. And the reality of that is, it's because I've now got about 150, 200 advocates who've been through the program who are already doing video testimonials, who are sending great post uh, uh, updates on LinkedIn, great testimonial messages through I can put on the website. So when I then put that body of work behind a paywall mm -hmm. at some stage, 
because what you know for when you record on here, you haven't got a front end and a back end. You've got to edit the front end on the intro. I've got to, so I've got to do a bit of editing work, a front end intro, a back end outro, a bit of brand, and a bit of branding. So I've got an audio file and a video file for each of those sessions. Mm. Um, I can then brand them and put them behind a paywall. But I've got, I'll, I'll have 20 video testimonials who, from people who've been through the program or done a particular workshop on there saying great things about those programs. So what you've done, you've changed the dynamic of saying, do you want to buy my product? Mm -hmm. What I've basically said is I've got a great product here. It's got third party evidence of, of, of impact. Um, have a look and I'll put tasters out there. I'll let people have a look at some of the, some of the, 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 the feeds. If somebody wants to say, I'm considering the program, can I have an audio of, of, of session one? I can give them an, an audio of part of session one. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not holding to ransom like a traditional salesperson used to do, which is, I've got this, do you want it? It's going to cost you whatever. Mm. I'm, creating, I'm creating a tsunami of noise and content that people can then make a, an informed choice on. And that's where it's gone, I think, over the last certainly last few years. I think as more and more millennial level people get into more and more uh, decision influencing places in, in the workspace, you know, if you're a millennial, you look at, you look for a video on YouTube. If you want to do something, you look for some on video. Don't you? That's what you do. That's your natural default mechanism. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but one of the things like with regards to the sort of changing, because we're in this sort of transition period, hmm. uh, like I see, I see many people doing uh, what you're saying, build up that wealth of content, build mm. up that, um, build up that reputation. Some people would say brand, but yeah, but it's reputation at the end of the day. And there are some, some people half in half out. And mm. then there's like the old school. And like, this is a thing like with regards to what might happen in mm. the near future, people are talking recession and everything like this. I I fear some like people who are trying to build that body and um, mm -hmm. build that sort of reputation are going to kind of get snubbed out by some like sort of old school thinking uh, with regards to that. So it'll be like, yeah, I, I, I would argue the contrary to that. And the reason I would argue the contrary to that is I think more and more people are getting more and more educated about mm -hmm. what sales, what sales is or isn't. So I'll give, you, I'll give you another example. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn mm. will sell really early. So I got, I, got an, I got a connection request this morning from a guy. And there's, there's, there's myself and two of my friends who are business associates, a lady called Marianne Smith uh, and, a, and a guy called Josh Goodgeon. We've got a little sort of WhatsApp group and we post in there, you know, what an idiot, can't believe this, whatever. And there's, 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 there's five or six a week that we receive somebody going, um, I haven't even connected with this guy this morning and he was trying to sell me the idea of buying some pension review or something. I can't remember. It's like, why would you even think that I, A, I wouldn't have that covered and B, mm. a random stranger I've never heard of, I'd accept his connection request, then immediately say, please, he's <laughs> on my personal financial details, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think because there's so many people, and I think that, what it comes down to, Miwa, is it, there's, a, there's a sort of smell of desperation mm. because of, of the situation we're in. 
you're absolutely right. People are thinking, and, and, I, and I get it, you know, people are worried about where the next paycheck's going to come from, where the next commission's going to come from. Mm. Um, so what they're doing is they're going back to numbers, 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 numbers. Let's blast out to as many people as possible and hope that some of those people just, just you know, respond. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally, that used to work in the early days of social media when we weren't as educated, when we didn't have GDPR, and when we weren't as we weren't as savvy, if you like, around what the hidden messages. Now people are just savvy and they just go, no connection, no. off you go, no connection, off you go. So going back to the old school stuff, which is numbers and, and just blast at them, I don't think it's going to work. I think the people who are going to be, and the evidence of this, for example, is the guy who I've just talked about there, a guy called Josh Goodgen, he runs a company called Get Your Media up in, in, in Leeds. Um, and he, he, he's um, a content provider, he does video. Uh, and, and he's my podcast studio that I, I record my podcast in. Mm -hmm. And he does video production and editing, that kind of stuff. And as soon as we had lockdown, his business, like it, uh, like most others, including mine, just fell off a cliff. You know, he had a, he had a full diary of outside broadcast video. Oh, yeah. no, one's going out, no one's going outside. He wasn't a key worker, not allowed to video. So his fell off a cliff. But what he's done over the, the, the sort of three months of lockdown is he's been very active about sharing his tips on making videos. So one of the things is, you know, he, he's got a, test, a tutorial on his YouTube channel, mm. how to make great business videos on an iPhone. So you'd look at it and go, ordinarily, a traditional salesperson go, I'm not sharing that. That's my, that's my knowledge. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Josh says, quite rightly, and I do the same, you'd say, let people have a look and let people see. They'll try it themselves. They might make a good one themselves, but when they're ready to make the next level of professional video with the right lighting and the right sort of, you know, editing, whatever, who are they going to remember? You're going to remember the guy who shared all this stuff with them and content with them. And he's he's flown out the black, out the back of this... Um, COVID-19 lockdown, he's got his diaries packed, he's maintained relationships with existing clients, I'll come on to that, that's a separate issue, um, and he's just really um, embraced sharing, building content, and developing his, like you say, his brand or his reputation even more in lockdown by being active but being professionally active, not just being yeah. active and being a, you know, being that guy who just annoys you. And, <laughs> And if you listen to this podcast and you think that posting a motivational quote every day is going to inspire anybody, it isn't. Stop doing it. I just, you know, the motivational quote people, good God, they're not even your quotes. Stop doing it. That's just a little bit better line, me. I just, you see people every day posting, you know, today's the next day, the rest of your life and all that rubbish. And they're not even their quotes. So stop doing that. that that's, not, that's not content. That's just, you know, a bit sad, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have never posted a motivational quote on my no, Instagram. Good, or on you, but good on you, Rob. But you know, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? People post it uh, and think that's content, don't they? It's not. Uh, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, it is, yeah, unproductive noise most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, with regards to sort of providing good content, uh, quality content, stuff which is going to add value um mm. i think it's one of those things where I don't, like people see it 
but they sometimes don't know how to like connect in doing it themselves. Mm. Like, even though like they've got all the information there and all like in my mind, it's just like, you got the information there, just relay that information mm. across a, like a camera. Mm. That, that's how I see it. But sometimes people get that a little bit either too complicated, like complicated up yeah. or they don't believe in it to make the effort to do it. Well, I think the thing is, if someone's, if someone's provided you with the tools to do something, mm. that doesn't mean you can do it. I'll take my DIY skills as a classic example. <laughs> you know, I know that there's a drill, and I know that there's a hammer, and I know that there's... The fact that I know they've got the tools there still doesn't mean I can put a shelf up any straighter than I could last mm. week. If I watched a YouTube video from a DIYist, if I was that interested, I could probably find out more. And then if that DIY guy was local to me and I've made a complete pig's ear of the, the, the job myself, who am I going to ring when I want the job doing properly? I'm going to ring the guy who mm. said, have a go yourself. I mean, he's not judging me. He's not sat there going, have a go yourself because I know you're going to be rubbish. Giving you the tools doesn't mean you're going to do it well. It just means that you know where to look, I think. Mm. And I think salespeople need to be a bit more open about sharing with them. You know, what do you give away? Um, what advice do you give? What support do you give? What recommendations would you give early to allow a customer to make an informed decision? Because we still trust and like people who are helpful, don't we? Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, basically, um, you typically buy from people you have that rapport, people mm. you like. So, yeah, 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 you do. You do. And, and you don't like people who are a little bit closed in with, like, that's my knowledge, that's my information. And you know, if you want to buy that, I'll sell it to you. But I don't want to buy all that. I just want to know a little bit more than you prepared to give me. Mm. And, there's two, there's, and I don't blame salespeople sometimes. I blame sales management sometimes. Because sales management across this country of ours and across, and, and the states are probably the same, some people get it. And other people don't. So some mm. people get it by saying it's about quality. It's about relationships. It's about research. It's about understanding. It's about finding the right mix. Mm. Other people just go, it's a numbers game. So what they'll do is they'll say to their sales, if you're a sales manager, sales director, and you're still saying to your sales team, make 60 calls a day, make 60 calls a day, make 60 calls a day. I'm sorry, that's gone. Why would you make 60 calls a day and measure the the input why wouldn't you measure the output and say i'd rather you did 20 well-researched thought-provoking interesting phone calls to people who are going to respond better so for example if i'm proposing to ring a company i wouldn't just ring randomly you know 20 companies and say you know we're about inspiring performance excellence Do you want some sales training no oh next mm. you want some sales training no next I could easily do, I could do 20 calls in 20 minutes. That doesn't achieve anything. What I'd rather do is I'd look and say, I'd, I'd do some research into organizations who are investing in their team, who are growing, who are coming back from COVID quickly, mm. who've got some opportunities. And then when I made the call, or made the introduction, I'd be talking to them about, you know, we're working with organizations who invest in their team. We're working with organizations who are looking to expand as a result of coming out of COVID quickly looking to support your growth of your business. Now that conversation is 20 times more effective and productive than just ringing someone going, do you want some sales training? Do you want some sales training? Do you want some sales training? And if you're measuring input, 
if you're targeting your sales team to make a certain number of calls, I'm telling you now, I'm sorry, but you're getting it wrong. What you should be targeting your sales team on is number of outputs, how many sales they can make. And it doesn't matter how many calls they make. Mm. You might get someone who makes five calls and gets four sales. Is that better than someone who makes 60 calls and gets one sale? Yes, it is. No, I, I, I hear you, Anne. I agree. Um, I just, like, with you saying that, it, in my mind, it's the whole sort of, like, the sales manager's point of view is going to have to sort of change entirely. And basically, how they structure the team, it's a case of, right, we need, like, we do calls. Um, do we, like, we need someone to, like, put up some, like, type of post yeah, uh, on a daily basis, like do a video, mm -hmm. um, like for the team, or like yeah, get someone in this particular area of mm -hmm. the country to do a podcast with them, so we have that type of engagement, and then send yeah. it out to all of the other people's competitors in that area. And yeah, like because, because, the, because the skill set of the sales individual now is wider than it's ever been. Mm. Let's imagine you're a business owner. I, get, I do a lot of work with, with small, medium-sized businesses. I do quite a bit of work on a couple of programs that are, that are aimed at those kind of demographics. Imagine you're a small business owner. You're probably it. You've got everything to do. But you have to have a, a pretty decent skill set, don't you? Forget the finance and all the other things that go with that. Just on a sales point of view, you have to be able to research, prospect, create content, use social media, pitch, close, account <laughs> manage, all those things, right? Yeah. That's, like, that's like looking for Elvis riding a unicorn in Morrison's, that mate, trying to find someone with that entire range of skill sets. That's <laughs> like, Elvis riding a Morrison. I'm, I'm like, the visual alone is just yeah. like priceless. Hard to find, hard to find me, but hard to find. <laughs> Yeah, just going through the aisles. Has anyone seen the lemonade? Brilliant. Yeah, so like this is the thing. Um, from like sales manager's point of view, yes, it's going to have to be more, like the sales team has to be more complicated, but on the actual salesperson as well, they have to like, um, if they have been that sort of dial telephone warrior type person, mm. they have to evolve uh, to the next level as well. Or they have to, they have to learn to research mm. and invest time. I think the problem that you've got, I love a phone warrior, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely in admiration of anyone who's been a phone warrior because I'm a man of a certain age. I've been there, we've all been there, you know, and a phone warrior is someone who's got the scars to prove it, the skills, the T-shirt. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough job. Yeah. And there's certain, there's certain sectors you take your hat off to, you know, IT sales, uh, recruitment, those kind of places. They're, you know, proper, you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of, you know, cutting, cutting edge, hard work, whatever. So if you are a sales warrior and a phone warrior, hats off to you. I'm not knocking that whatsoever. What I'm saying to you is the evolution of that phone warrior is maintain the skills of being, you know, so you're not frightened of the phone, but actually the delivery of that is, it comes from the research first mm -hmm. and some content around that. So how good are you as a sales professional at creating interest or creating 
um, some kind of level of takeaway or some kind of level of, 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 of content commitment. And it's not for everyone. So going back to the sales manager bit, you said, there me you are. I would say if you run a, a traditional sales team now where you've got a, 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 a row of desks and they're all phone warriors, yep. what, your next hire probably should be someone who can create content to support those phone warriors or it should be someone who can do research and sales support for those phone warriors. Because if you don't do the research and don't create the content, your phone warriors are going to come up against barriers and mm. barriers and, ba and those barriers are getting bigger because more and more people are prone to just say no to a phone call, mm. just a cold, a cold approach as it were. So I think the skill set evolution is really important. And, you know, if you're a business owner, what I would say to business owners listening is, and I know times are tough and I know financials are probably tough, etc. But if you've got ambitions to come out of this quickly and to grow, mm. there's probably never been a better, there's never probably not been a better opportunity to think about outsourcing the stuff you can't do or the stuff that you can't do well. Mm. So if you're a small business owner, and you, you're not particularly inspiring at creating content or your homemade videos look homemade and they're not particularly on brand, or you're just so busy bogged down with admin that you're not getting on the chance to talk to your customers, you can outsource almost any aspect of your business these days, can't you? You can outsource, uh, I've got a, a client um, called Kaleidoscope Services. They're a virtual PA business. So they organize business owners to get, doing their business instead of me doing admin or diary management or rebooking travel when we were allowed to travel and all the things that, you know, all the things that block you down. If I outsource that to Kaleidoscope services, yeah. they can deal with that, which means I can get on with doing the things I should be doing, talking to clients, creating content and, and, and running webinars and podcasts and stuff. Um, but you can outsource um, video, you can outsource marketing, you can outsource strategy, you can work in tandem with people. It depends what you want for your business. Mm. I work on a program which is designed to help pre-start, new start, and less than three-year mature businesses. So, you know, very early stages of infancy. Some have got massive ambition to be mm -hmm. big, quick. Others just want to earn a, a lifestyle income, and that's absolutely fine. The, real, the reality is if you want to earn a lifestyle income, you probably can by doing the basics quite well and you know building your business up in reputation locally. But if you've got any ambitions to be bigger than the lifestyle business, then outsourcing the stuff that you can't do mm. is, is actually a great investment in your business. It's a great investment in your business because it'll be done better, quicker. Yes, there's a cost involved, but actually the return on that investment is going to be much more significant than you. If I rattled out a homemade video, it's going to have no value whatsoever. If I get a professionally made video, mm. you know, it, I'm going to invest in doing so. It's got the branding in place. It's got the content right. It's got the lighting. It's got everything. That's going to have more resonance. So it's worth doing that. It, and it's not just video. It's all sorts of investments in the things that you are not great at because no one's great at everything. I've got a question for you, Miwa. Can I ask you? Because... Hats off to being 50 for your podcast today. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, you know, can I ask you why you started doing podcasting? Because I get asked that a lot with mine. Why did, you, why did you start podcasting? Like, basically, the reason why I started podcasting is it comes down to two things. Like, I, like, 
I've been that person where like I've watched Gary Vee video and stuff like this and like gone, okay, yeah. Like and I go, like many of the things he says, I agree with because mm. it comes down to you can't just be a hammer, you can't just be a drill, you've got mm. to be much more complex than that. Mm. You've got to have many tools uh, available to you. Like I have wax lyrical about to people like going yeah you should start a podcast you should start a youtube channel you should like do a blog and like depending on what they want to do and like they might be wanting to do a side hustle and like that's like go yes this 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 mm. uh, my friend steven um like he started well he's starting a fitness boot camp uh like and he's been doing it for a good couple of years doing on mm. something i went yeah you should do a podcast and it was just like like it's like i've said this but it's like what have you done what yeah like where, like, where have you got involved in this yourself you, you're saying but yeah. you're not doing so um, your credibility as the rep as the person recommending it your credibility wasn't as strong as it could be because you'll say well you're not doing it why should i do one yeah so it's like that and plus like as time goes by you don't talk to as many new people as possible Mm. like you like it gets less and less and you kind of get more and more like how can i say more set in your ways and yeah being able to talk to different people out of my comfort zone different mm. like all over the world i find that very helpful and it's like one of those things where i engage more it takes me down maybe some new path of learning or a new idea so mm. yeah i find with podcasting it helps me quite a lot and like you know what i mean if i say to anyone like do a podcast do this mm. uh i've actually got skin in the game if you get what yeah. i mean and you got you got evidential support for that to say well you know I, i'm on my 50th one mm. the, the reason i asked the question is i didn't have a plan when i started mine i started mine in august uh, 2019 oh and, and it was basically because it was it was a good way of creating content mm. um <laughs> I know lots of people who I think are interesting in their areas. I've used a, a circle of, 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 of associates, really, on the first. I've got 24 in the bag. I've stopped doing them because I've been doing this online sales academy. And because of lockdown, I was doing mine in a studio, and they were nicely branded in the studio. What I might do as a result of seeing this, this is my first podcast as a guest on Zoom. I, mm. might, I might go and I might re resurrect these quite quickly. But... If you look at it and go, so what's it, what's in it for Nick Bramley and Impactus Group? The short answer in the short term is probably nothing, not a lot. I'm not doing it as a, as a shop window. But what it has done, I circulate my podcast every Tuesday when they come out. Um, all my previous guests commit to being promoters of the next week's one. So I've got, I, you get to 24 people, all their connections, etc. Yeah. Post it on LinkedIn. I post it through all the groups on LinkedIn. And the numbers are growing on that basis. You're getting great feedback. I've had three speaking engagements. Somebody's come to me and said, Can you want to speak at our conference? Directly attributed to someone who's listened to the podcast and thought, oh, that guy's quite interesting. Or mm. he's got an interesting view or approach on something. I'm just the guy interviewing them. But, you know, it's still a credibility by association, isn't it, on that basis? So it's my content. 
the people who are important are the guests on mine. Like you, you you're, you're a brilliant podcast host, by the way, because you let you get, well, you are because you let your guests talk. And I've heard some of them where it's more about the host than the guest, which is rubbish. Um, but you've heard them. You must have heard them yourself when you are. You're thinking, what, what, you know, got that wrong, haven't they? Yeah, like if anyone is like that on a podcast, I, I can't listen to, no. I can't listen to them. And it's just like, thank you, but no thank you. And yeah. like the whole thing is, like, as I say, it's important. Like, I want to learn as much as possible as well as help yeah. provide that sort of knowledge for other people as mm. well. And with regards to yourself, um, with regards to sort of the future of sales and like the future of like the future of what might be a lot of change for a lot of people mm. because of the lockdown, there's going to be a lot of people like going, do I really want to do this nine to five? Do I really want to like take this like and move forward? You hit, that nail, you hit the nail on the head. Cause I think, I think the other thing is, um, so let's take it. So I was talking about sort of sales reimagined up to the lockdown. Mm. I'm talking about people creating the right content to share and give away during lockdown and those who get it wrong by just trying to sell me something straight out of the blocks. In the first few weeks of lockdown, the, the, the level of uncertainty was, was just measurable, wasn't it? No one knew, you know, mm. how, how long, where the hell is this going to go? You know, when's my next paycheck going to come from? Is my business going to still survive? And yet there were still people in week one and week two trying to sell you stuff and you think to yourself, how insensitive is that? You know, I don't know where next week's next month's mortgage is going to come from. Yeah, whilst trying to sell me some random piece of stuff that I don't want, um, they will never change. Those leopards will never change their spots because they just get that wrong, whether it's lockdown or not. Opportunities mm. or ambulance chases, as we call them. I think what's going to happen now, the traditional business-to-business -business sales certainly has been traditionally let's let's research a prospective contact let's reach out to them in somewhere let's then get invited to meet them and pitch or assess or whatever let's go away and create a proposal and let's present that proposal to them and let's see if we get the, the sale you know one two three quite a traditional approach yeah that involved a lot of travel it involved a lot of diary management in terms of, you know, well, I'm going to London from York, so I don't want to go to London for one meeting. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to try and get three meetings on that mm. day, make my cost of my travel worthwhile. That's all that kind of stuff. I, I can't imagine me getting on a train from York to anywhere for a scoping or prospecting meeting post-COVID. I just don't see any reason why i would do that okay mm. and that's not me being arrogant as a sales professional it's me saying i don't think my client or prospective client would be that bothered either because if i said we're all so used to zoom and teams and google hangouts and yeah go to meeting now it's you know it's it'll be because i've got i've got one that just before the lockdown i was due to go on the tuesday lockdown tuesday i was due to go to london and it was to meet two people at a big organization. And they both said, no, we want to do it. Because it was before I was using Zoom, because nobody was using Zoom before lockdown, were there? No. Very few, very few. Yeah. So I was, on, I was going to get I had a train ticket book going down to London. 
um, lockdown kicked in the touch. And then I said, oh, you know, we'll do it in another way. And their first reaction was, no, we'd like to meet face to face. But now, now we know that they're coming out of it. We're just talking about doing it on Zoom. So everyone's been educated about the capability. The, we've removed the stigma of not getting on, not going face to face. This is face to face. What's the yeah. difference? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I like guess, yeah. And with this, uh, with Zoom, I think it's going to be Zoom, Teams, Skype. Yeah. I think it's going to be even more, like, more important because a friend of mine, his company, like they said, the office is there mm. if you want to use it or you need yeah. to use it. Hot desking. Yeah, well, hot desking did, but they're not actually expecting anyone to be back in the office for the rest of the year. And yeah. that's, it's, it's, you know, sorry, it's June when they, like, when you're hearing stuff like that. So, yeah. well, I'll tell, I'll tell you a couple of, thing, couple of things on that as well. Um, remind me to talk about presenting your proposal in a minute, but mm -hmm. um, I was doing a webinar for a, an organization a couple of weeks ago. And there was, there was a, a 15 or so in the room and um, it was a membership organization and it was, it was basically a, a group of business owners in a particular sector. And we were talking about this sales reimagined and stuff. And, and one of the guys said, I can't wait to get my team back in the office, which I thought was pretty irresponsible to be fair. And I challenged him on it. I said, well, why would you want your team back in the office? I want to keep an eye on them. And your first, your first reaction to that is, that's, mm. the worst, that's the worst form of leadership ever. If you're going to micromanage and don't trust your staff, he said, you know, I, I'm not sure they're being productive at home. I thought, well, I wouldn't be productive if I, if I worked for you. I wouldn't want to be productive because I don't, I don't like you. I don't respect you. I don't trust you. Mm. So why would I put myself out? But the great organizations who embrace the change that we've had forced upon us, have seen their staff step up time and time again. Yes, there's some challenges of childcare and homeschooling mm. and different flexible hours and things that go with it. But if you trust your team and you, you share that trust with your team, you'll get that trust back tenfold. Mm. So culturally, the organizations that say, actually the new norm, and I hate that phrase, everybody use it, don't you? We've got the new norm and we've got unprecedented. They're the two words and phrases of the year, aren't they? Yeah. But if, if, a, if a business says, like your friend said there, we've got an office in central London, we've still got the office. If you want to come in and work there because it suits you, please do so, but do it from social distancing point of view. If you want to work from home and be productive from home, please crack on. Yeah. Would you not want to work for that organisation? Of course you would, wouldn't you? Of course mm. you would. I think this has broken a lot of taboos from people who previously said, working from home won't suit our business. And mm. that's that leadership, by the way. Yeah. I, think, I think it's given lots of people the opportunity to get a bit of work-life balance that they didn't have before. Why would I commute an hour to work and an hour back in horrible traffic? And why would I get home at half six when I could be in the house working all day and finish at half five or whatever it might be? Why would I want to be inflexible in terms of, you know, and, and, and salespeople get a bad rap because, you know, there's, there's the traditional sales rep. I'm doing the, for those who are not watching on video, just doing the audio, I'm doing inverted commas sort of uh, things. Yeah. That the traditional sales rep 
used to get a bad rap for being, I'll go out on a Monday in my car, I'll decide whether I turn left or right when I come out my drive, no real plan. I'll go and see my friend, the easy option on the, on the, on the way in on a Monday, and I'll finish early on a Friday. Oh, I just happen to be next to my golf course on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> There's a lot of people who've been tarnished with that brush of yeah. you know, salespeople find the path of least resistance. In my experience, in my experience, most people who, who were like that are no longer working in sales because they haven't been flexible enough, they haven't been you know, capable enough, and they get found out quite easily. However, the bit I want to talk to you about going back to COVID is, and I'd like to share this with people. In the pre-COVID days, going back to that traditional method of research, reach out, mm -hmm. get invited, score, propose, etc. I guarantee that 95% of people would send a proposal off to a customer or a potential client, and send it by email as a, as a PDF attachment. There's my proposal to you, Miwa. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Okay. I, I never, I always preach that's the wrong way of doing it because what you've lost is control. I send you a proposal as a PDF attachment. I have no idea how you're going to react to it. I've got no idea what you're going to look at first, which is guaranteed to be the price. I've got no idea what you're going to look at next and how you're going to respond yeah. to that, whatever. So here's what you can do now and should be thinking about is you should still, still, still the same traditional approach, which is reach out, research, reach out, Zoom call, scope, see if we're the right fit, see what you're looking mm. at, how could we work together. Go away and work on your proposal and then present that proposal back in a Zoom call where you control the release of that information. You control the wow factor. Where you know that wow factor is in that proposal, you can, you can build up to that wow factor and then you can drop that on them as part of a presentation mm. you didn't have that before when you send us it a pdf what you mustn't do is ask permission for that and say is it okay if we set up a zoom call to send the, the proposal uh, to, to go through the proposal because they'll just say no just send the proposal mm. you say to somebody um thanks for the zoom meeting to find out if we're going to work together i'm going to go away and work on a proposal it's been fascinating i think we've got something that's going to be really interesting for you i need to set up a zoom call to present that back to you if they say well what zoom call if you say to them that's how we work mm. it's not an option it just becomes how you work so if you're a visual business or if you're presenting if you're presenting a boring pdf word document think about jazzing it up as a short PowerPoint presentation or something that gives you a visual impact that you present because you hold all the cards then. And then when you get to the bit which they normally skim through and go, how much? That's your last reveal, isn't it? You get yeah. them all through the process of, that's great, you've, you've identified our challenges, you've presented something against those challenges that looks really interesting. You seem to have overcome the, the objections that we would have had as part of your presentation. So far, so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. When you get to the how much bit, they're already halfway there to buying from you. So mm. I would say to anyone here, think about adding that process in. Instead of just sending a proposal, present a proposal. Because you've got all the visual capabilities using Zoom, Teams, or whatever, to share your screen. Mm. Step it up. Be more engaging. I did a proposal... 
for one of my clients uh, earlier in the week. I'm working with a, a, a lady called Julie Waits from the franchise company, um, and I sent it through to Julie, and we're going to yeah, we, we've sent it on to the client, which is my mistake really. But it's, it's Julie's client. What we should do really is say we're going to present the proposal to you. Yeah. If you present the proposal, you, you maintain control, and I think there's an opportunity post COVID or even now because we're all used to it is to use the technology to your advantage. And I don't think many people think about it that way. And they just think, oh, well, I'll, I'll save on traveling, but I'll still, do the, I'll still do the end of the sales bit the same. Well, I, yeah. do, it, I do it very differently. No, 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 I think you're quite right because, yeah, a proposal doesn't react to any question what might come up at that precise moment in time. Uh, they don't, a proposal can't react to something which might unsettle a potential client a proposal like i'm going to tell you they're unsettled either but you'd be able, yeah. you'd be able to assess that on a you know on a live zoom call with body language and all the things that go with that yeah and the other thing is i always say to people with a proposal you create a beautiful proposal you send it in a color pdf and they print it off on a really sort of knack and black and white <laughs> running out of ink yeah you're, you know people look at it go we've got this proposal in here from so it looks rubbish yeah got no control over it so you know the way you can present and that that if that if that generates 15 20 percent more closure opportunities for you why wouldn't you do that mm. why would you invest in 45 minutes half an hour whatever as as, as a zoom call to present your pitch to them yeah. i makes sense to do that because we're all comfortable with the technology now it wouldn't have worked beforehand. People are going, you what? What do you want? To, what do you mean? You want to zoom? Zoom? Yeah. Zoom? <laughs> yeah. People thought you'd sort of fall off a different planet, wouldn't they? Oh yeah. No, put it this way. I only discovered Zoom two weeks before lockdown. I was yeah. like, I was like, Zoom. Okay, I use that. And then lockdown happened, and I think it was a bit of a godsend for myself because all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I'll send you a Zoom link, and I, everyone was like. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It went from like obscurity to literally everyone knowing about it. Are you, are you now a Zoom ninja then, Miu? Is that how you would describe yourself? <laughs> like I am, I am a Zoom novice uh, at, at best. Just get, like going through trying to avoid the rocks. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. I, I, early on, I'd heard of Zoom. They advertised on um, one of the radio stations I listened to and they've been doing it for a while. I was aware of the brand. Um, I'd used uh, WebEx, which is a Cisco product before. But yeah. I'd used GoToMeetings, which I don't, I don't, on a personal level, I don't like. It's a bit dark and whatever. Yeah. Um, but Zoom became, it's a bit like in the early days of Betamax and VHS, you know, who's, who's going to steal the march? And we now just call it Zooming, a bit like we're going to hoover the front room. What we're going to do with Dyson, we're going to, we, you know, they've stolen the march in terms of the brand, haven't they? Um, and I think I went on a, uh, a webinar, ironically a Zoom webinar, very early because I wanted to deliver training over Zoom. I also want to do podcasting over Zoom. I want to do meetings over Zoom. Mm. The meetings and the podcasting, it's easy. It's two people in a room having a chat. That's okay. But delivering training and webinars is a different skill set. You've got breakout rooms, whiteboards. Yep. You've got uh, uh, polls to gather information. I went on a one-hour webinar, and it was brilliant. And it was basically saying, you know, if you're the... And it was things like lighting, position of your, of your screen, all very mm. basic. But then it was saying, you know, how do you, how do you put people in the breakout rooms, and how do you do this, how do you... Yeah. And I went 
and, and it, it made me an intermediate level Zoom person within an hour. I've done lots of Zoom. I'm still not, I'm still not, I wouldn't call myself a ninja or black belt or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but again, why would I not invest in learning a skill that's going to be of value to my business? And, and all the workshops I've done recently on the Online Sales Academy, some of the feedback I've had has been really, oh, Nick, you, you know, it's been really engaging. The technology is mm. really great. I didn't know anything about the technology until a week before lockdown, like you said there. Yeah. Suddenly, people are going, hey, look at you. You know your way around Zoom. Well, I sort of do. I know enough to make it work for me. Oh, look, this is the thing. Um, with, like, with regards to doing the podcast, like, all I would simply say is, yeah, get yourself a USB mic to just have the sound bearer on your side of things. Yeah. Like, if you've got a decent webcam or if, like, you've got a cam link, do it mm. on, like, a full, like, DLSLR camera, you, you're good to go. Yeah. And, like, this is the thing. Like, if you, even if you don't really have a good camera, and mm. you just got like a decent mic and like let's say a decent mic you can pay 30 to 50 pounds yeah, if yeah. you want to go more yeah you can and, but... you have the, and you have the sound muffler thing on your side you say don't you to to to, to break that up that's yeah. why i've used that's why i've used the studio previously because they've got all the kit mm. they, they do all the recording they do the editing all that kind of thing uh, and it worked for me, and it still would work for me. I, I can't wait to get back in the studio. Josh, who's a great studio host, um, you know, using his facilities. Um, but I'm now at the stage where I've finished doing these sort of online sales academy sessions, which have taken up a lot of my time. Mm. I'm now thinking, right, okay, I want to go back to doing some more, create some more podcasts. And I've got a guest list of my log of people who I think would be interesting and relevant to, to my sort of business podcast so you know yeah. that's my next thing i want to explore i'll still get josh to do the edit i'll still get him to do the front and back end of it because he, mm. he do that better than me you know uh, somebody sent me some somebody sent me a link to some editing software uh, a few weeks ago honestly it's just not me i had a play around with some audio files me honestly it was i was it was like the blind leading the blind i'm following this tutorial press it Everything was just a nightmare. I thought, I'll just pay someone to do it properly. Yeah. Quicker. I spent half a day on this, on, on this, uh, on this audio uh, equipment, and I, I produced the sum total of zero. All I did was <laughs> delete, that didn't work, try that, delete, didn't work. So, and again, that's, that's not any more different to a salesperson, taking it back to what we talked about earlier, mm. knowing what they're good at. And, and, and then outsourcing what they're not. But the, the methodology's changed. The skill set has changed. Mm. You can't keep up with the skill set. Then let somebody else do part of the skill set for you and stick to your capabilities. So if you're a phone beast, you can't teach someone to be a phone beast. That's a really good skill set. Yeah. How do you make them? Instead of just crunching numbers, you know, crunching some quality, do some quality research, have the engagement calls, do all the stuff that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And like, yeah, I'll tell you this now, like little confession here. When I first like did like my first interview ever, like for someone who was not here, like, yeah. Oh man. Like I, I, one of the systems I would say never use Skype. It is fiddly it is awkward it is a pain in the backside like and like yeah 
tried setting it up, everything like this. That's, that's all we had before lockdown. It's all we seemed to have, didn't we? Yeah. People would say, I'll Skype you. I'll Skype. I've never heard the word Skype for three months till you just said the word Skype now. People yeah. not Skype, have Oh, God, yeah. It's just, it's so many forms of resistance. Like, it's like, okay, okay, right. Do you have Skype? No, I haven't had Skype for ages. Okay. Let's set up the whole thing with Skype. Okay, right, got that. And then when you're trying to record Skype, you can record it within Skype. Mm. But if you forget to press record, it won't record. So yeah. if you've got to set it up through OBS, then if you're setting up through OBS, you've got to get, and like it'll work sometimes and it won't work other times. Like my first ever recording, I had to basically, like the gentleman, um, I believe it was Al, had to record it for me and then mm. send me that actual recording because he did oh. I was like I was just like oh god like so, so many times so let's take a sales analogy from there Miwa right if you're responsible for developing Skype as a brand and as a business oh, yes what an, what an opportunity they've missed mm. because what they haven't done I haven't seen Skype promoting anything anywhere during this lockdown they look like they've just given in to zoom or given in to go to meetings yeah. they look like they've just gone you know what skype we're skype if you if you want to use it it's great if you don't want to use it we don't care what a massive opportunity missed yeah Phew. Uh, i agree they have and the problem i think the problem with um skype it's twofold microsoft like they all like promote, they're promoting the living daylights out of teams. That's one. Yeah. And like two with Skype, I just don't think they want to actually promote it. They're just pushing it, pushing it, pushing yeah. it all the way over to, oh yeah, you can do t use teams. Like for yeah. myself, you, it's just yeah. a case of like, okay, I want something which is going to be quite simple, straightforward and works. Hmm. And look, when I got onto Zoom, it is straightforward. Yeah. It does work. And like, yeah, I paid extra just in case I have a podcast where I have mobile. I've got the I've got the first level subscription service. I think it's eleven ninety nine dollars a month. Yeah. Right. For eleven dollars ninety nine a month, I have got value beyond belief from yeah. my subscription. And and I would it's my default. So when I'm working with clients now i'll say to them a university asked me to do a workshop program for them which is great um and, and and i said can we run it through zoom and they were like well the university prefers whatever it was and i said but if i'm the host of the session i'm so much more comfortable and effective on zoom mm. than i would be on teams i've only used teams once yeah yeah no problem do it on zoom and it's great and and because it's easy and here's the other thing let's take it back and keep bringing it back to the, the, the content of what we're talking about yeah easy, the easier you make doing business with you the more success you'll have yeah simple oh it's always been the case that by the way meanwhile so but it is definitely the case now i don't think people have got patience to work things out i think they want short sharp bits of information that's mm. why uh, one of the guys who came on the uh, webinar program, the Online Sales Academy, session number four, which was about 10 days ago, was about content. 
So it was we had Josh on as a guest, and we had a lady who was a, a, a freelance um, uh, copywriter. Um, for so she she she's the written word, a lady called Katie mm. Tom. And um, so I was interviewing them as part of the webinar, and we were sharing ideas around what content's about. And one of the guys runs a security company, and he's basically said to me yesterday, he said, I can't come on the last workshop, he said, because I'm, we're creating a lot of uh, videos uh, about our product range. He said, there's a direct result of, of, of the advice we received on that webinar. Oh, excellent. And, and yeah, and what he said was, he said, these are how-to guides, little how-to guides to do this, that, and the other around our business. That's good. We're going to promote the living daylight out them, but if someone's looking for how to, they'll find them on their video YouTube channel on their website mm. because people look for stuff that's short and sharp now. I mean, you've only got to look at TikTok. How long the videos last? We've got the attention span of a, a mayfly, haven't we? Now these days, you know, it's, <laughs> like, you, like when you say attention span of a mayfly, um, when it comes to certain things, I think you've been quite optimistic on that side yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, again, the salesperson who thinks they've got a long opportunity to present shed loads of technical information data, no mm. one's interested. No one's interested. If someone's interested, they'll go and find it. Your your job's to build a relationship. Quite mm. simply. Sales, more than it's ever been, is about finding a, a, a connection with someone or a business who values what you do. The rest of it will come from relationship building, soft skills, mm -hmm. and things that go with that. The days of being the technical owner of knowledge, long gone, long gone. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. No, that is an excellent place to end it right there because that I, I, that's perfect but yes uh nick can you tell people where they can find you how they can find you yeah okay well my name's nick bramley uh i'm the ceo of impactus group that's impact and us on the end uh, we've got a website which is impactus-group.com i'm on linkedin if you search for nick bramley because i'm active on linkedin in, I'm slightly ahead of a guy who sells tiles in Warrington. So I'm not the tile guy from Warrington, but I'm Nick Bramley on LinkedIn. And my email address is nick at impactus-group.com. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, me, while talking to you. It's gone, that's, I mean, we, we've gone over and that's gone like nobody's business, hasn't it? Oh, look, you've been, look, you've been a brilliant guest. That's how it's gone so quickly. It's been a great conversation. Loving it. Um, it yeah. Great hosting skills, meanwhile. There's the Mutual Appreciation Society. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, what I'll also do, I'll put all of your information in the notes, uh, yeah. the show notes as well, uh, so people can find you, and I do recommend people do find you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Nick, uh, it's been a pleasure today. Uh, excellent. I thank you all, man. No problem. I like to say thank you very much, my friends, my life warriors out there. Ah, I hope you enjoyed the show. I look forward to speaking to you or seeing you sometime in the near future. But until then, stay well, stay safe, be awesome, be excellent, be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Anyway, have a great day, people. Peace. <laughs>